Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, February 7th, 2008. This month is Love Month, and call in all the love you desire and rightfully deserve. The time is now. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, leader, and spiritual teacher. I am honored to have on the show tonight professional matchmaker, spirited first-time author, and inspirational woman, Marla Martinson. Welcome, Marla. Thank you, Dulcinea. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to have you. I can't wait to talk about your really, really fun book, Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting. Yes, it is waiting. So tell me the evolution. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's been, it's been a real evolution. It's, it's, it's great, and um, just in time for Valentine's Day. So I'm really excited that it's out now. It is. It's so fun. So let me tell the audience about you. Okay, great. <laughs> so Marla is the hopelessly romantic matchmaker who believes that there is a top for every pot. Marla was born in Tacoma, Washington, the city of destiny. A true Gemini and natural-born actress, demonstrating a flair for dialects and drama from a very young age. As outgoing as she was, she also spent hours locked in her bedroom reading piles of books, along with writing poetry and short stories. Marla knew her destiny within, left Washington State, and headed for Hollywood, California into the great unknown. She soon found work doing television commercials and print modeling. And more recently in L.A., Marla has been working in the professional world of matchmaking and has introduced many couples that have gotten married, I believe three since this last November. Exactly. (laughs) Yes, very fun. So for those still looking, her enthusiasm continues to inspire and give people hope that, yes, you can find your soulmate. Marla found hers, Adolfo, six years ago, and they were married in his hometown, Mexico City, in 2002. A world traveler and culture nut, Marla describes herself as having French flair, Persian heart, Italian fire, and Mexican taste buds. What a universal soul you are. (laughs) Absolutely. That's wonderful. So your first book release, Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting, offers much wisdom and really reflects your universal nature. So explain to me how this idea evolved. Well, basically, when I started in the uh, dating industry, I was working at another company um, called Great Expectations, which is a video dating service, and I had a blast working over there. I was a videographer, and I... uh, because it's a dating, it's a video dating service, so everybody has a video taken. So I was doing uh, doing those videos, and I loved interviewing the people and finding out all about them. And then I worked at the front desk, and and then I'd hear uh, people's dating stories, and I'd see things, and 
um, I thought, you know, I, I, I'm, I decided to take a lot of notes because I thought someday I might want to write a book because I think I'm learning a lot here. And then when I came to my current uh, matchmaking job in Beverly Hills um, with MQI, I really delve into feedback from clients and kind of some coaching with them. And, and um, I've met just hundreds of, of singles over the years, and I felt that I really had a lot to say, and I could really help a lot of people besides just the ones that come to me in, in Beverly Hills. This way I can reach people all across America and help anybody who wants to find their soulmate because I've got a lot of fun um, and interesting tips in the book. Yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's it's also combined with um, metaphysical practices. Um, the I'm in the Excuse Me series that my publisher Hampton Rhodes is doing based on the book Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting by Lynn Grabhorn. That's been a bestseller for years, and since it was so popular, they decided to do make a series out of it, and I was lucky enough to be chosen to do the relationship book, so... That's how that came about, and and I use Lynn's techniques um, of raising your vibration so that you can pull in the right person, and I teach, you know, that in the book along with all of my advice and uh, dating strategies and funny stories to to really, um, you know, bring it all together, and uh, it gives you really something that you can use to pull anything into your life too, not just a a relationship. Yes, and you know, I think you, the, I found the book, Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting, to be really fabulous. And it introduced the idea of the law of attraction and what it is, and it, it introduced how to do this before it focused on really like your soulmate, the soulmate aspect. So in just reading the first chapter, I was like, wow, I can improve my life in every way. It re-inspired me to really remember that I can bring in anything I want. And you do a really great job of breaking down the law of attraction with four fundamental steps. Mm-hmm. And why don't you go through those steps with us and kind of give the audience an idea of how the whole entire book is um, structured. Okay, well, first, the, in, right in Chapter 1, I, I do an overview of the Law of Attraction. Some people have already read Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting, and some haven't. So I wanted to give an overview of, of her techniques, which is uh, the steps are, number one is you identify what you don't want, and then number two is you identify what you do want, number three is you get into the feeling place of what you want, and then number four is expect, listen, and allow it to happen. So first, identifying what you don't want is important to get clear on what you don't want in your life, Um, but you don't want to dwell on that because many times we are all oh, you know, we get tired of dating or we get tired of our job, so we're thinking, gosh, I don't want this job anymore. I don't want to date losers anymore. I don't want to be single anymore. It's always I don't, and that's, you know, it's kind of automatic. It's it's just a habit that we have, but we don't realize that when we're stuck in those don't wants, that's what the universe hears, the, and then we just pull, keep pulling more of that in. So we want to flip that around and identify what we do want. So we want to always use our... A vocabulary in a positive manner and say, I do want a great relationship. I do want a well-paying job. I do want um, people to treat me with respect. I do want to be financially abundant. So once you discover what you do want, you'll have, you know, I help, there's also affirmations that I have in the book and I teach people how to write a really great script um, 
a little storyline about what they want. So once they, they, you have that down, then you get into the feeling place. You kind of really get your body buzzing and think of something really wonderful to but raise the vibration in your body since we are energy, and that's what goes out to the universe. And then, so we've got our vibration really buzzing with our want in place, and then we just release it to the universe. So that's the expect, listen, and allow it to happen. We can't make it happen. We can't make uh, the timing right, so we... Uh, turn that over to the universe we detach from the outcome and in that things will flow to us very good and i think that is so true and i think it is really important that you say not to get stuck on what you don't want it is our human tendency mm-hmm. <laughs> oh and of course and even myself i'm like oh i don't want when i say wait no 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 <laughs> i have to catch myself and switch it around Yes, so. and just really turn that into a what do you want, focusing on what you want to bring in. And I, I love the affirmations throughout the book. I think it's really helpful. I went through and kind of wrote them all down just separately on a sheet of paper, and I just realized there are so many affirmations throughout this book that really help you to become or a person to really become more of who they are, to embrace their true higher self, and I think that is such a great tool because that right there is going to bring in that law of attraction, and you help right. the reader do that. You you really nurture the reader into that place, and I think that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And the affirmations are, are yeah, it's a very important to say your affirmations every day. It really is. Yes, and I love you also have an appendix. So anybody looking for a tool with affirmations, the appendix is rich with affirmations. And an example of one that I love is I live in the now with great expectations for the future. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, living in the now. And that's so applicable to all of my life. Again, it's just, you know, with everything that I'm looking at, including, you know, a soulmate. So I think that is so, so important. Um, to really use those affirmations. And then the other thing I thought was really important that you really added that a lot of the hype today in the in the new age is not really bringing this in. And last week I had an epiphany when I had my guest on Michael Brown. He really talked about us leaving the mental body and going into the emotional body, and that really hit me. Like I really, I don't know, it brought me to a new awareness with that feeling. So when I was reading through your book over the weekend, I was cuddled up with it, and, and it was raining, and, and it was like you really have to feel what you want. And I thought, that is what I have to really focus on, and, and that goes to connect with our emotional body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so because we when, can just think positive thoughts all the time. You know, but the, I, you know, people talk about positive thinking. Well, positive thinking's great, but that's not going to bring everything in, just thinking, thinking, thinking. It's, it is the feelings because it's the energy that, yeah. that since we are energy – and the universe yes. is made out of energy. That's what's the key. Yes, and it's like when we bring ourselves into that gratitude, into that joy, we mm-hmm. feel that, and the affirmations help us to do that, and then we get that feeling, and then we feel it as if we're already there, so then it just appears. Exactly. And that is so cool. And so, you know, that was just a really important point, I think. And I think a lot of us in America, especially in terms of relationships, we're scared to feel. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. A lot of us have been hurt and and uh, disappointed, and so we have kind of a wall up. And we say we want a relationship, but we're we're doing everything just opposite. We're putting out to the universe the exact opposite. Yes, so we, and you yeah. write about that. You kind of help the reader find out if they even want a relationship, if they're even ready for a relationship, and you pose that yeah. question in different <laughs> That's ways. true. <laughs> Sometimes we need time to heal from a past relationship or something else might be going on in our lives, maybe a death in the family or a move or 
um, a new job, and, and you just need to focus on that. It, you can't juggle everything and give all, all of yourself to somebody if you've got a lot of problems or baggage or things that you need to work, work out or work on yourself. Yes. And then I really loved, there was this great, on um, page 99, it was creating your must-have list. And you, what you really did was help, help us step-by-step step here. You asked us to look at what would we have in, in regards to looks, money, mm-hmm. intelligence, physical fitness, friends or social status, common interests, religion, politics, lifestyle, culture, and other. So you really bring down like, it's like the greatest pie I've ever seen in terms of what do I desire in a relationship. And you bring in, you know, there's probably about 10 or 12 slices that you say, look at this, and and you really must have this. And then I think that really helps people look at their own compatibility. Exactly. Yeah. Which we really often often don't do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are probably the top top ones that you've got to look at, and then and then I do write that you need to be flexible as well, and uh, you know, like when people come to a matchmaking service, sometimes I tell them, look, I don't have, uh, I'm not Dr. Frankenstein with a a um, uh, what does he have this laboratory <laughs> to make you a, make you a mate? You know, to build you one from scratch. They want a certain height and eye color and bust line and this and that. And and I think you've really got to be flexible on some things. But then, of course, others are are not non negotiable because certain people are the religion's important. If they want to share that with somebody, lifestyle. If they travel a lot, they need somebody that wants to do that. There's certain things that you don't want to compromise on, but there's other things that, that I think people should bend a little on. Yes, and I think that just the overall exercise just really expands the idea. As I was reading it, I was thought, you know, I've I probably know all this, but I've never actually sat down and put all these variables together to realize how many variables I need to look at to create this in my life. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then, then if you have that in your in your mind while you're doing all your affirmations and the energy going out, that type of person's going to come to you. Yes, so it was a really, really great part for me as I was reading. I thought, now that was a valuable tool. Mm-hmm. Good, good. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, at the, in the overall tone of the book is just so light and so positive. You know, at the end it was like, okay, I feel better, I'm ready to take on life, I'm ready to do this, and I was ready to do it in so many areas. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't oh. necessarily, you know, just uh, just with the soulmate or in terms of relationships for me. And I, I just thought that was so great. And so it's really cool to be able to bring in this new tool. And, and, and it is available on Amazon.com. It's also available on Marla's website at www.marlamartinson.com. You can also find her on the web at www.myspace.com backslash Marla Martinson. M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N. Yes. yes. People spell it wrong a lot. Oh, okay, do they? M-A-R-L-A-M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N.com. And your website is great. There's so much information up there. There's your radio and appearances. There's some dating tips. There's a link to your blog, Mm -hmm. um, your bio. There was a beautiful rose quartz necklace in your store. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have a little store now. (laughs) I thought that Fun. Yeah, I thought, you know, that would be fun. I have a, ne- a a love attracting necklace on there. If anybody wants that, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is, and, you know, rose quartz is my favorite. It reminds me to self-love. So. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, love, I love it, too. 
Yes, good. So tell me, how was the process for you writing your first book for all the writers out there? Well, the, it was it was really fun. Um, it, I started this book like three years ago, and because I do have a day job, you know, matching people, which I love, um, Monday through Friday, I would write on the weekends, um, write a little bit in the morning. Sometimes I'd stay up when, when I got the book deal and then I had some deadlines. I'd have to stay up sometimes till midnight. Um, lunch hours, some, I'd bring my laptop and certain days I would um, write a chapter. And then what I really had loved was my husband is a composer and a piano player and he plays live in a piano bar in Beverly Hills three nights a week. And it's just down the street from my office and I used to go over there when I was writing the book and I'd uh, Monday nights I'd go and sit at the piano bar where when he was playing, order myself a appetizer and a glass of wine and I would write a chapter. And and oh, it was it was really crazy. inspiring and I'd look around and there would be single people there and he's singing and, and I it just um I'd get ideas and I'd I'd write and then um I found that to be real really creative and something different. It's it's kinda of different nice to put yourself in some different situations when you're writing, some different environments. Yes, you can you bring in that some, other energy. Yeah. Yeah, instead of just sitting in the same place all the time. So Very um, good. Yeah. And uh I know people when they're writing and they want to get a book done, they always like to have some tips and how do you do it and how do you um, discipline yourself and everything. But I think with a nonfiction book, when you have uh, some material that you want to get the message across and you know that material, it's it's easier because if you're doing fiction, you've got to make it all up. And I didn't have to make make anything up in this. I just wrote about what I knew and wanted yes. people to people to know and. And that really comes across very clearly that you know your stuff. I mean, there was that whole chapter on questions and answers. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. thought that was such a – my favorite question was, do strong and financially successful women really intimidate men? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, these are yeah. questions that I really get and have had um, over the years. So I, I wanted to put them in because those are really things that people people want to know. And um, if you want to know the answer to that one, I can tell you. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, well, I mean, I've heard this from a lot of of women that are, you know, I meet women who are lawyers and doctors or run companies, and they say, well, I just have such a problem getting into a relationship. Men are intimidated. And I've talked to men and uh, my own husband and his friends, and I've talked to other men about it, and they said, no, they don't mind the woman uh, making a lot of money or being successful. It's just that those qualities that made the woman successful the toughness that she's had to have that's what what that turns them off so the woman the successful woman needs to be strong at the office and in the business world but then at home or on the date with a man be be her soft feminine self let him open the door let him just go back go into the being a lady mode and leave leave that tough um toughness behind and you have to kind of transfer Mm mm-hmm Yes, that feels right. That makes sense. And, you know, it's probably true for women or, for you know, with men and women as well. So for the powerful men, the women would probably want for the man to come home and remember that he's, you know, Romeo. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's not uh, the boss. Right? <laughs> I think it works both ways, definitely. Exactly. Um, that's fun. That's very fun. So there's some great questions, and it's, you know, for people who have, have stumped on their path of dating or, you know, can't seem to settle into a relationship, I think there are a lot of great questions for for people who, 
encounter the same pattern over and over. You kind of, you know, really touch upon becoming aware of your pattern and then looking at what creates that pattern to then change it. Right. And these questions do are great tools to in each of us, you know, we'll have different questions that kind of stand out. Another one that was really fun was, why do I always seem to be attracted to quote-unquote bad boys or quote-unquote bitchy girls? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was also fun because some of my friends in my 20s have said, I can't figure out why my ego <laughs> always picks the guy that is the worst for me. <laughs> right. Well, especially in the 20s. I mean, I, I was doing the same thing. My gosh, I was I was such a drama queen, and I was always picking the wrong guys because in our 20s we're looking more for the good lo- the, the looks, the real good-looking ones, and those tend to be the bad boys because they've got all these these girls after them, and uh, so they have, have a big selection. <laughs> And that's just, you know, the way it goes. And then the ladies that come in to see me, when they're in their 30s, they'll say, well, you know, because I ask them, are you open to a more average-looking guy if he has a lot of wonderful qualities? And they'll say, you know, in my 20s, all I wanted was a gorgeous guy, and now in my 30s, he doesn't have to be as good-looking. I really want uh, a guy to treat me well, somebody who's loyal and honest. And then when they start approaching the 40s and up, they really get it, and they say, listen, I just want a nice guy. I want someone who will make me laugh, someone who we can have a nice time together, and, and looks are not the most important anymore. And then you find a more grounded person. And people are more together and grounded as they get older anyway. Yeah, there's a sense of, I think, greater balance. Right, we've learned At so much. At least that's what I find in my own life. <laughs> exactly, thank goodness. I'm able to really attain that balance. <laughs> <laughs> I let the drama go, thank goodness. Boy, it was exhausting. I know, I understand. And, you know, I think that I was, when I read that part about the 20s, I felt really validated because I'm 30 this year and most of my friends are 30 or, you know, just in the same age bracket. And it's like our 20s was just a roller coaster. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just like, wow, what, what was that? <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yes, but, you know, it was kind of fun, too. And, and looking back, we'll see, we have a lot of stories if you want to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of material. Yes, yeah. yes, especially the graduate school days. Those were too much. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. So I thought that was a fun um, part of the book as well. And then, you know, this question was just something I think that probably people, when they read this book, they wait for this page, was how can I tell if he or she is the one? Oh, right. Yeah, how can I tell if he or she is the one? Well, I have questions in here that you can ask yourself, and um, it's pretty funny because when I was thinking, when I was writing this, I was using some of the experiences that I've had in the past, and um, I mean, some of them that just, for example, does he, let's say we're talking about a girl, you know, and a, a guy, so um, with the girl trying to figure it out, does he prefer to email rather than speak in person? Um, does he act touchy or change the subject or ignore you when you dis- try to discuss nailing down future plans? Um, does Do you go out mostly during the week like Mondays or Thursdays but never s- seem to snag a weekend date? Do you wait, spend a lot of time waiting for his call? Um, when he does call, does he give you a feeble excuse for not calling sooner like I've been really busy lately? I, I love this one because this one happened to me. Does he often forget his wallet when it's time to pay the bill at dinner? Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I used to hate that one. Or does he pick you up for a date or does he expect you to meet him out? And this one, this happened to me too, when he's talking to friends on the phone in your presence, does he conveniently leave out the fact that he's he's with you when they clearly ask him what he's doing? 
Mm-hmm. You know, there's things that'll show you. You know, if if the guy is is really for you, or if he's just playing around, um, to, you know, stringing you along, or or not serious. But these these true. bullet points really kind of make you get you thinking. They really do, and they they made me think. And it was funny. I was reading this, and then I was doing my readings up in um, Laguna Hills, and, and one of my clients called and. She's like, you know, he every time we get together, he tells me, you know, he can't meet and he keeps putting it off and and you know, his kids are always the reason and then we decided we were going to have the kids meet and this was how we were going to make a future move forward and then he had a job emergency and I was like, you know, I just don't think he's emotionally available. And I went, but wait, this is your pattern. Wait, you need to get Marla's book. <laughs> yeah, and we're always making excuses for the guys. It's like, no, no, he really likes me. He's just go in the middle of a move right now, or he's just busy at work, or he's just. We're always making excuses instead of looking at what's really going on. I because, know because we don't I want know. we like the person and we don't want that to the way it is. But the way it is is the way it is. Yes, and it's true. It's just keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, the sooner we realize it, then the sooner we can move on and find the right person. Very true, and that and and I think to find that right person is this point very clear. It's about being that right person. Exactly. Yeah, it's okay. it's, it's figuring out what you know. I have a, a section in the book. It talks about what do you bring to the table? Because a lot of people are are so concerned about how perfect the other person has to be. What they're looking, they have to be this height. They have to be this uh, have this level of income. They have to all these the bullet points. But then they're not together themselves. Um, they've got a lot that they need to work on. So it's it's not about just what you can get. It's it's what you're giving to and how ready you are and what you have to bring to the table too. Are you an attractive soulmate to somebody else? Yes, and I think a lot of us overlook that question because we're so focused on needing another person or that, you know, that codependent, maybe that unhealthy edge of not being okay with ourselves or being mm-hmm. alone. Right. And oh, you, yeah. And, and you do reiterate that very well also. Yeah, it is okay to be alone. It's it's fine. It's it's actually great. It's a good experience. I think everyone should live alone uh, for a time, and I think we should spend time with ourselves, and, and um, then we really appreciate when the right person comes. A lot of people jump right from their parents to college to a, a roommate to a boyfriend. to no, They never live alone, and I yes. think it's a valuable thing to just be with yourself and find out your likes and dislikes and rely on yourself and work on yourself so that you could be the best you for for a future partner. Very, very well put. And I think that just by focusing on ourselves, I think we naturally then draw in others like us, whether it be friends or a loved one. But when we're focusing on the other one, we completely overlook our responsibility or role in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have a, sort of a desperation put, being put out too when you're like, can't be alone, and that's a turnoff. I know you say it well in the book. You say Better healthy alone than sick together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was right. like, oh, she captured that really well. We could put that on a banner. <laughs> that's my that's my motto. <laughs> that's a good one. You know, you could give talks around the country to women's shelters about that one, and it oh, could transform yeah. lives. It's just, I mean, just it's so simple, but it's so life changing when women can get that power back. That hey. I'd rather be healthy and alone. Come on now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I hope, yeah. yeah, and it is hard when you're used to someone, when you're in a relationship, because I was uh, I married before my current husband, and I stayed in the relationship much too long because you just get so used to them, and then you have in-laws, and, you're, you you know, you love them, and, 
and it's just even though you know it's not healthy, you just keep hanging on, and and it's because it's what you know and you're comfortable with, even if it's it's uncomfortable, but it's what you're used to, and and but once you break away and you you you're treating yourself right, and no one's abusing you anymore, you just feel fantastic, like you can fly. Yes, yes, it's that full and that feeling of just really owning your power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, knowing you can do it from within, and then whatever comes along is a perk. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and that's great. That's really important. I think that um, in the book there was another part that really grabbed me was when you know you're dating someone and you were just mentioning that you stay too long, and in the book you mentioned taking stock, the six month assessment. So it's like if you've met someone and you're like, okay, at six months, if you look at, is this going where I want it to go? Is this something I can really go for a long term, you bring up some great questions to look at so people don't stay too long. Oh, yes, people can stay for years and then you're wasting a lot of time. (laughs) Yes. So not even necessarily do people get married and do this. They'll do this in the dating process and then also in the marriage process. Yes, they do. They do. And, and some and some men, some men will just stay. In, I, I mean, they tell me they they'll say, "Well, I'm with dating this gal, you know, for the past year, and she's not the one. I'm not going to marry her." But, you know, and I said, "Well, why are you still dating her?" And and they'll just say, "Well, yeah, you know, I like her." And so there, guys, there are a lot of guys that'll do that. They will keep dating somebody that they know is is not going to be for long term, but the girl doesn't know it. And and lady, I don't think ladies do it as much. We, if it's not the right guy, we move on because we want the yeah. love of our life. We don't just stick with somebody we're not. Well, the guys want the sex, you know. So well, it's convenient. Element, right? Not that ladies don't want that, but not to just hang on with the same one. I think it's it's very interesting. So you've got to kind of be aware of of what's going on too, and take kind of take stock and see see what he, if he's talking about a future if if it's moving that way and if it's moving in the direction you like like it to be um so if that's your goal to find your soulmate then you can't waste years and years and years with the wrong people yes that's very important and i think that those questions you say the sim- they're really simple questions you say what's important to me in a relationship do we have fun together <laughs> do we right. laugh together <laughs> Do I respect this person? And I think that's a really big one because, you know, you meet someone, you get this synergy or that chemistry, and then you fall for them, and then once you're intimate, there's that bond. And then you ask yourself, do you really respect this person? And I think after six months or some objective time, if you don't respect that person, get out right then. Exactly. Yeah, And if they don't respect you, too. Get out. Vice and vice versa, sure. And I thought another really good question that you posed in that section, the six-month assessment um, section, was would I rather be with someone else? It's a really simple question. But if you ask yourself that and it's even a possible yes, that's a cue. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so I think I thought those were some fun ones as I was reading. I thought, yeah, these are some good questions that are very simple, but when we get all complex in our emotional structures, <laughs> we forget mm-hmm. the simplicity and the really the simple points that really, you know, fundamentally create a relationship. Yeah, because so many people just fall into a relationship. They meet somebody and they just fall in there and it's not even the right one. It's not it's not dynamic. It's not satisfying. But they sometimes people will even tell me, "Well, it's better than being alone." But I I don't agree. I don't agree that it's better than being alone, because being alone could be it could be pretty fun. 
<laughs> I agree that, completely. Know, yeah. Yes, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom that can come with being alone and just exploring and having, for me, it's been such a journey. I've been traveling the last few years since college, just really going from Seattle, living all over the San Francisco coast. It's been so mm-hmm. exciting, and I've done not all of it alone, but a good majority. And it's been really validating to help me bring in the law of attraction at my most optimal vibration. <laughs> exactly. No one to drag you down or to, you know, cause any sure. friction there. You you really can in, in develop your own self, and then you'll be ready for, for your life partner. Yes, and I've been fortunate enough, too, to have a really beautiful soulmate that's been in my life. And has been able to mirror that vibration for me. And that's also been, you know, quite a validating experience. And then it was just, but it was more of like a perk to what I had already created versus being defined by that. Exactly. And that's what, that's the most important thing is the the relationship with somebody that is, it's like a bonus. It's a perk. It's a bonus. It's, it adds to who you already are. It doesn't make you, um, you're not going to fall apart if that person is not there. Um, it doesn't define you, and that's you want to be a whole person first, and then you know everything's going to fall in place. Yes. So we are talking with Marla Martinson today. Very fun. Her recent first time release. Excuse me, your soulmate is waiting. You can find Marla on the web at www.marlamartinson. M A R T E N S O N. That's also up on the Evolution Revolution homepage. You can find the link there. And, you know, I'd like to mention to the audience some upcoming appearances for you. So on Friday, February 8th, that's tomorrow, you'll be at the Conscious Life Expo giving a a, a seminar, a lecture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little workshop, like an hour and a half, on, on the principles of the book. Fun. So what time will that be at, just so we can let them know? Oh, I is think tomorrow. I think it's 5.30. Is my, okay, so in be. the later afternoon think, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm in the afternoon. You can find that it's out. It's on their website. website, yeah. I was going to say on their, on their website, I'm sure. I know there were some books that were passed out, too. And they also can meet up with you at the Euro Circle event on Friday, February 15th. Mm-hmm. That's a book Angeles. signing in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if great. they go to com, they can check that out. Yes, okay, great. And then also at the Many Paths Bookstore, Sunday, March 16th, so it's a little bit later in March, if mm-hmm. everyone who gets the book, they can bring it out. You can sign it for them at 3.30 p.m. Right. Great. And then Barnes and & Noble uh, also at the Grove um, in Los Angeles, at the Farmer's Market at the Grove, um, the April 17th. Oh, great, and that's think, already yeah. up on the site too, good. Yeah, that's on my website, so that's going to be great. fun. I love I love the Grove, so Barnes & Noble is my favorite um, bookstore over there, and, and I'm so excited to be to be able to have a signing there. That is so fun, so that's mm-hmm. exciting. Good, so that's coming up for April. So you've, you've been a busy woman. I'm very busy. <laughs> yeah, this book is so exciting. And t- tomorrow I you. do my TV sa- satellite tour, so I've got to get up at 2 a.m. to get to the studio by 3, get my makeup, and... Start interviewing at 4 a.m. for the East Coast uh, shows. So, oh wow! Yeah. So I'm what an exciting been, experience. Haven't been sleeping a lot. <laughs> sure, sure, but it's well worth it, right? It's worth <laughs> it. It's it's so much fun. It's it's I wouldn't trade it for anything. Good. So, and also, if anybody wants to check out your other um, radio appearances, they can go onto your radio. Um, link on your website. I think it's called Radio and TV Interviews, your cute little mm-hmm. heart. And you can click on there and you can find out um, where she'll be speaking on the radio. There are also some other shows we didn't mention. So that's great. And 
I am just so excited that this has come out for Valentine's. So people who are out there right now thinking, gosh, I don't have a partner. You don't need one. You have you. Go get this book and start with you and start manifesting. Name what you don't want. Find what you do want. Identify it. Start to feel it. Allow it to come. Be patient. Detach from the outcome. And trust the universe. (laughs) You said it very well. (laughs) Great. The process that you've captured, and excuse me, your soulmate is waiting. (laughs) Absolutely. So tell me, tell me, Marla, with matchmaking, what you do and what is valuable for people and, and then how this book kind of ties into that. Well, what I do is I'm like an old-fashioned matchmaker. I actually sit down with all of my clients, get to know them, find out what they're looking for in, a, in, a, um, in another person, uh, their interests, hobbies, lifestyle, all of that, and then I actually I have everybody's files in my hand. I don't put people into a computer and let that spit out a match. I actually decide myself, and first um, I'll call the lady and tell her all about the gentleman that I have in mind for her. If she says yes, that he sounds great, then I will call him, tell him all about her, her interests, hobbies, lifestyle, give him a good description. I don't show photos. I just give a good description of how people look, and then he'll, he'll go ahead and give her a call, and they'll set up a date, um, usually a dinner date. And um, after the, the next day or so, I ask them both to email me or give me a call and give me feedback. So I know if they liked each other, if there were sparks, um, you know, if it was a good match, or if, you know, maybe they liked each other, but there just weren't any romantic sparks, so they want another match with somebody else. Or maybe they really hit it off and they just want to see each other for a time being and explore that. And, um, how the book ties in, I mean, I just, you know, you give all of my um, advice that I give to my clients, which is great because I only get to work with a certain amount of, of people here, and, and I'm excited about the book because it can help anybody living anywhere, any uh, social status, any age, um, you know, just really anybody who wants to um, get their dating skills um, better and and meet the right person and draw some wonderful things into their life. So it, it, men and women both um, can use the book. There's there's tips in there for both, and and I think it's you know really going to help a lot of people on a wider scale. So that's what I'm happy about. Yes, and if, if in fact they are in your area here in Beverly Hills, L.A., or Southern California, how can they connect with you for your matchmaking services just to expand on the book if they're in, in, um, interested in that? They can uh, email me through my website, and I can give them oh, more information. Yeah, my email is on my, on my website. I mean, the book is such a thorough tool. I don't think that, you know, I would necessarily need to take it to the next level, but some people may be interested in working personally with you since you are the expert. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of fun. So, so how has matchmaking been for you? Is it a lot of fun to work with different people and different personalities? Yeah, you know, I'm a real people person. I really um, do like working with the public, and I love meeting. See, what's fascinating for me is I sit down with each person and, and really get to know them, and I love finding out what they're doing, what kind of careers they have, um, what their hobbies are. It's always fascinating to me, and I've even made a lot of friends. I mean, I'm even friends with some people that I met way back when I was working at Great Expectations. We still keep in touch and um, made a lot of friends here, and, and when they're in relationships, I like to follow that, and um, so it's it's a very one-on-one. Yeah, it's very rewarding. I wouldn't be happy um, just, you know, working in a cubicle or something. I, I kind of, I really like the the contact with people and and communicating and everything. That is so, so great. And so tell us your success story. 
Oh, since oh, November. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, since I mean, I've had. I, it's hard to keep track. People always say, "What's your success rate? Do you have any numbers of how many people get married?" And it's hard to to really know because people don't always let us know when they're in an exclusive. You know, maybe they've they've they're in an exclusive relationship, so they don't. They say, "Okay, don't match me anymore." So I put them in a file, and then they go and get married, and we never know about it. But um, oh. some people do let us know, and I know that we've had nine marriages in the last year and a half, eight engagements. Engagements, and just since November, I've had three people, three couples get married. Well, congratulations! Yeah, mm-hmm. and I went to a wedding last year down in La Jolla um, of a couple that I matched up, and I had matched them in February, and they got married in September. I was absolutely thrilled. That is so exciting! And they that they invited so me to the wedding, so that was the best. Yes, and that is just so validating as to like you creating this book. So, like you said, you can reach out to you know, all of America and even internationally versus just being limited to the Southern California region. Exactly. Yeah. That is so great. And there's just so much in here. And, you know, you just reiterate throughout the entire book, just really it's about, you know, finding what you do want, feeling what you want, allowing it to happen, just really using the law of attraction. And then you give the tools of support through the affirmations and the assessments. And I love the <laughs> chapter 10 says, getting real with your own strengths and weaknesses. <laughs> mm-hmm. and that, yeah, that's, that that's again, so what, what do you bring to the table, that kind of yes. thing, you know. Yes, yeah. and so that was just so important, I thought, just because I think we all – Again, I really, I already mentioned this, but we really focus on what the others are not bringing <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of what and, we are not bringing. <laughs> and then I have a, a part where it says how we see ourselves, because sometimes we also we see ourselves. Some of us see ourselves as overblown, you know, like, and then other others see are not giving ourselves enough credit. You know, we have low yes. low self esteem, and we don't see how how wonderful we we really are. And so that's very interesting, too, because people always have, it's always interesting to me how people see me when they'll tell me what they thought about me when they first met me or something. And it's really like, really? You know, <laughs> it's yes, always different than, than what we're thinking that, that, that we come across as. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So that's an important, I think it's kind of an illusion buster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, wow, that's getting real. Remove my veil, please. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes it's more, I mean, I remember when I was in my 20s and I was working in this restaurant as a cashier and it was an elegant place. And I was, uh, you know, kind of a disaster. I think I was 25 and I was in my drama queen mode. I was struggling financially. I was, I mean, I was not a together person. I was just trying to, you know, make it. And uh, this gal that, was about my age and she came and I was training her she was going to be working there too so we worked together and then years later I ran into her and we worked together somewhere else and she says oh I remember you and I remember Marla and I remember looking at you thinking to myself if I could only be as together as she is and you know wonderful and everything and I thought really because I wasn't but she she thought I was. So I make that point in the book that even if you don't feel together, maybe people are looking at you like you're really you're really together, you're really fabulous, you're really something else. And so go ahead and, and think about that think of yourself that way. You know, already, yeah. the way you want to be. That's what it's like fake it till you make it, you know. 
I love that quote. I have that <laughs> since I was in college. I was in my senior year of um, my, you know, my bachelor's degree, and I wanted to go to PhD school right from a bachelor's program. And so I would write on my wall, fake it till you make it, PhD. And I manifested it. It was such a miracle. But it was like one of those things where, I mean, I had to, like, really believe it. And fake it till you make it was my motto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes we have to do things. And, I mean, I'm going to have to get up and speak to people and everything. And I haven't been doing that all my life. So I'm going to just say, well, you know what? You can do it. Everything's going to be okay. Just get up there and fake it. <laughs> well, I have the, I know the information, but you know, it's the, the certain things you're you're nervous to do, but you just have to tell yourself, well, you know, you have to do it sometime and and uh, put your best foot forward, and and then people really respond. I mean, they 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 see you as uh, more together than you think. Yes, that's very true. We're our own worst critics, and when exactly. we're feeling it. <laughs> exactly. So on dates, yes. you want to be confident as well. You don't want to be putting yourself down or saying I'm too fat or you know this. You know, people will say these these um, criticize themselves without really realizing it, and you don't want to do that. Yes, and, you know, that brings a good point. There was a point in the book that I read that, you know, right before you go on a date, and this would be true for you, right before you go on your shows in the morning or whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing that's, you know, challenging you, just really sit down, take some deep breaths, close your eyes, and visualize it using the law of attraction. See it and then feel it. And while you allow yourself to do that before you enter it, it then makes the experience shift. And I think that with the dating um, example, you had said to just really release all old dating pictures or patterns. Oh, absolutely. So many people go on a date dragging their their baggage, their path, their bitterness from all the dates that didn't work out. And, And sometimes, you know, if you're working with a dating service and you meet for the first time, I know that some of the people are saying, so tell me what was your worst uh, dating experience through the service, or what? What was? Tell me some bad dates that you've had. Well, that's just starting off in the negative, and and I I just don't, you know, I hear that sometimes people tell me that that's what they've been asked, and then and then when they do elaborate, then the other person will say, oh, gee, she was so negative, <laughs> but they asked, they instigated it, so you've got to kind of ward off those kind of questions and turn it around and and uh, not do that and not bring bring past relationships into into your date and and tell you know some people talk about their ex uh all night on the date which is also something I warn against because the the person sitting across from you is wanting to get to know you and see if there's any possibility with you they don't want to hear about your ex <laughs> that's really wise <laughs> i think that is so simple but that is so important it's so simple but you... pe- pe- yeah people keep doing it though I know, and I can see that. I mean, I feel it. I can just see, and it's probably usually people who haven't had the um, highest quality relationships mm-hmm. and that, yeah. you know, they just haven't healed that wound or whatever it may be that's lingering. Right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Even if it's lingering, let it uh, heal it at home, <laughs> not on the date. Yeah, better <laughs> be alone than sick together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll bring that motto back up. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's great. That is great. So on your um website you have some great wisdom for aspiring writers mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really important and it, you just said start writing don't wait for someday when you have more time money ideas get a computer <laughs> find a boyfriend <laughs> lose 10 pounds or anything else just do it <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I have had a, had a neighbor who said uh he had a idea for a novel and I mean he just told me 
this whole elaborate story. It was fascinating, and he, you know, had the whole thing in his head, and I'm going to write this. And I said, well, you know, have you written any of it down? And he says, no. I said, well, why not? He says, well, I was waiting to get a computer. And I said, well, you got one a year ago. <laughs> what are you waiting for? So, you know, a lot of people will make excuses, and, and it's, sometimes it's a little scary, and you think, well, is my writing going to be good, or do I have the discipline? But don't wait, just even if you write a paragraph, or some days I go, I'm working on a novel now, I'm, I've got um, almost half done, but I'm so busy that I, I don't have time to work on that right now, but the other day I went and I just wrote wrote one paragraph. So if you get an idea, just you know, add to it, add to it, and and um, you know, I mean, if you have, if you write one page a day in th- in one year, you'll have a whole more than a whole book. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. I think I was I had a goal of 500 words every day, mm-hmm. and then I wrote I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote, and then I just put it in a folder, and I was like, when you're ready, you'll look at this again. Right. So I haven't looked at it yet, it, but it, there's so much that I've written that. I'm not sure where it fits, but if I probably went back and wrote it, read it right now, I probably already have my book. Exactly. Yeah, and that's and that so much. So it's true. so much fun. It's so it's so exciting when you see how much of it really adds up. All your little writing here and there, and then you've got this whole pile of of all this wonderful um, information or stories. And um, if you don't write it down, you'll forget it, too. And I have a little notebook in my purse because I'm always getting ideas popping in and by my bed, too, because um, <laughs> you won't remember it. You Something comes in flashes, and then you say, oh, I'll remember that later, and you won't. So I'm always writing writing down things, and, and then later I have got a lot of – I have a file, actually. for my ne- If I want to do another book, I've got uh, actually some ideas, and I have this file. And I just – any time I get something, I write it down and put it in that file, and I'll check it out later. And I'll say, wow, good thing I kept that. Good thing I wrote that down. Yes, that is so inspiring. And I think it's really important to to really know. Did you always know that you were going to write since you were little? Because I know well, you wrote stories and stuff. This, did this you is know? Kind of, this is like the law of attraction. This, this has blown me away, what just happened with this, because... When I was a little girl, I did. I always wanted to do. So I was always tap dancing, or one time I wanted to be the fastest tap dancer in the world. I watched Dan Miller in a movie, and I took ballet. And but I was I was writing to my favorite authors, writing them letters, and and um, I liked writing a lot. And then suddenly. I didn't do it anymore, and I wanted to be an actress. So when I came down to L.A., I immediately got into acting class. I started doing TV commercials, and that's all I wanted to do was be an actress. In the back of my mind, I always had some kind of nagging thought of writing, and a couple of times I had ideas, but I thought, I I don't know – grammar well enough if you know how, where do you put the comma well, I mean I you know you took English in school but I I just thought well I don't know um you know where everything goes or how how it so I thought I I'm not good enough and so I just didn't try and then um I kept acting and then I got into the to the matchmaking and then I started thinking, well, I could write a book about this. It's so fascinating. But I didn't say anything to anybody. My husband never knew I, I had ever liked to write. I never told him that. One day, um, about three and a half years ago, he walks up to me in our apartment and he said, um, Marla, he says, God told me to tell you that you should write. And wow. then I was like, wow. And I said, okay. So then I started writing the book. And, I mean, it was really effortless. I I got a literary agent with... I mean, I didn't even try. <laughs> I, I the Thank book th- came to the opportunity came to me for the, 
But I was doing, but I really wanted it too. And I was doing my affirmations. I was doing, well, I had bought Lynn Grabhorn. No, a friend gave me Lynn Grabhorn's book, Excuse Me, Your Life is Waiting. And I started doing her techniques. And I'd always studied the law of attraction and metaphysics for years and years. But when I started doing her techniques and really affirming about the writing and, and uh, it, it just all flowed. It really broke out and, and it was it was amazing. I'm still looking. I say, what happened? <laughs> that is so fabulous. And that you know why I bring that up is because um, you know I do client readings with clients, and I'm what I call quote unquote an indigo. Many of us are that are um, on earth today, and and so I just the most common thing I find among these quote unquote indigos are they have a communication pathway, is what I call it. Okay. And the way that they can manifest that in so many ways, you know, there are many, many ways to get creative with a communication pathway. But one of the most common things I see is they need to write a book. And the the greatest thing I th- think that stops them is they think, oh, I'm not an expert. Oh, I can't mm-hmm. do this. I've never written a book. And it's like you came into this world with the book already written. Right. So just sit yeah. down and bring it to earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had, well, I told my friend Brad Thor, who's a best-selling author, I said to him one day, I said, oh, but I, I don't know, how do you know where the commas go and all this? And I don't, and he goes, Marla, I don't know all that stuff either. Either That's what uh, editors are for. <laughs> I said, oh, and it was, I mean, I just got all my, you know, ideas down on the page. I put it all together. And then they, the, the publishing house has an editor. They're not going to let you just um, hand it in. And they're not going to publish it just the way you wrote it. They're going to polish it up. They're going to change if there's grammatical errors, if this should go there, change that sentence to be flow better, and they help you. And, and so don't think that, that you're not good enough um, because we all are. We all have a creativity. If you feel um, that urge that you, you need to write, then do it. And it's so interesting to me that I now my um, career went circled back to what I originally wanted to do as a little girl. So Isn't it's so interesting cool? because you, when we think, what did we come on this planet to do? Why do we have these urges inside us to do things? Why are they put there, these desires? And a lot of us just squash it down and think, well, we can't do it or it's too hard or we don't have the opportunities. But there's a reason that, that I guess that I, I felt that because why would, as a little girl, just feel like I should write? Where did that come yeah. from? Well, it was yeah. it meant to be there. Yes, and, it's like and a I seed. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a, I see it like a sunflower seed, and it takes nurturing and watering and receptiveness, receptiveness to receiving mm-hmm. that element of who you are. And then as you nourish it, it grows into this beautiful stalk with a beautiful flower and many more seeds. <laughs> yeah, it's, and that's what living our passion is. And Oprah Winfrey talks about that all the time on her on her show about um, living your passion. And when you do things that you're passionate about, when you um, things, you know, your life just takes on a whole, goes to a whole nother level. And, that is um, so true. Well, your passion in this book is so evident, and it's such an honor to have you on tonight, Marla. It's been so fun, and I'd like our audience to go pick up a copy and of Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting by Marla Martinson. And if you're married, I'm sure you have some single friends that could really use some tools and not only tools to attract a relationship, but tools to become that ideal person that you want to find in a relationship so it's an effortless attraction and then it can sustain itself. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time, and we want to get you off to bed for your next interview. Oh, <laughs> thank you. The time just flew by. It was so much fun. Thank you so I know. much. Thank you. We'll have you on again, and keep us 
in the loop as to what you're doing, our, our, again, I'll remind our audience that they can find you at www.marlamartenson.com. You can get her book on there or Amazon.com. And again, she'll be tomorrow at the Conscious Life Expo in L.A. if you're in Southern California. <laughs> Thanks, Marla. Have a Thank really you. good night and best Have, of luck tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great night. Bye. Take care. All right. Well, thank you for joining Evolution Revolution. Happy Valentine's to you all. May love touch you in your life during this next week and bring up a deep inner knowing reminding you that you are love. Coming up in two weeks, February 21st, I'm honored to have on the show talented and powerful Michael Tamora with his exceptional book release, You Are the Answer, Discovering and Fulfilling Your Soul's Purpose. Michael is a world-renowned healer and spiritual teacher based out of Mount Shasta, California. In addition to being a talented, clairvoyant, and author, you can find him on the web at www.michaeltamora.com. Also, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day and are either just to listen at the moment or you can upload as a podcast for later listening. The archives include amazing talent such as Michael Brown, Richard Blackstone, we have David Robert Ord, Megan Skinner, Dr. Lisa Love, Jennifer Weigel, Betty Youngs, Taylor Wilshire, and Paula Marie Jackson, some great authors and inspirational people. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. If you are interested, please contact me at lightforall at gmail.com or you can find that link on the Evolution Revolution homepage at www. SedonaTalkRadio.com. You can schedule an appointment there. You can find my bio and know that a divine and spiritually enlightening, a divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Thank you for joining me tonight with Marla Martinson. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting Evolution Revolution. Please join me in two weeks with Michael Tamora. Happy Valentine's Day. I wish you all abundant love peace, joy, prosperity, and light. Angel blessings. Good night. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio.